Love burgers and pizza. Wanna see me eat some? Can't get enough of that meat. Yum. Chili cheese fries and some Mr. Pib. I need tacos with a nasty dip. Pico de gallo, mayo or dryo. Hot sauce or barbecue straight from Ohio. Homemade coleslaw, fuck Boston Market. Junky blue cheese range and some five star bread. Only one time was Hello and welcome to Bring a Plate. My name is Peter Taggart. And I'm Rebecca Shaw. Rebecca Shaw. Oh my god. <laughs> It's been five minutes. It has since been the last podcast. So many minutes. People thought we were dead. We were dead, and they were right. <laughs> um, we faked our own deaths. Oh, for a huge insurance payout. Yes. <laughs> and now we're back in a very fancy hotel room. We're living in the Cayman Islands <laughs> with Olivia Newton-John's ex-husband. Or did he die? <laughs> And Chloe Latanzi with all her guns. Have you seen that? No, what's that? She's, she's mad for guns. Who is it? Chloe Latanzi. I don't know who that is. <sighs> Everyone knows the <laughs> Chloe Latanzi. She's Olivia Newton-John's daughter. Oh, of course. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't you follow her very successful pop career? No, I didn't. Is she the Holly Valance of the Newton-Johns? Oh, she's Holly Valance level. Oh, no one is. Beck, we are here at the Radisson Blue Plaza in Sydney. Mm-hmm. They'll be absolutely thrilled at the shout-out, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Probably get the room off, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we are here. We're staging a uh, John Lennon, Yoko Ono-style bed-in for peace. We're yes. <laughs> you're, you're, it's like the cover of Rolling Stone. You're cradling me. Yes. Yeah. But we do it for days. Yeah. We do not move. And it's all, it's all about peace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what we're for. It's actually my desperate attempt to lure you to my hotel room. <laughs> um, and we have had several hours of passionate lovemaking. <laughs> I'm, t- to be frank, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Me too. We should have done this before. Yeah. Doing all and that. And when I say to be frank, I mean Frank Walker from National Tiles, <laughs> who you make me dress up as. It's really weird that that's, that's the only what... thing that can get you off. And then when you orgasm, you have to say, Hello! Hello! <laughs> At every step, you like unzip. Hello, <laughs> isn't it amazing? We're still ringing material out of Frank Walker <laughs> National Tiles ads, which people have been doing jokes about for about sixty years now. Uh, shout out to our international listeners yeah. who <laughs> will have no idea what we're talking about. Like, what have you been up to? Look, I've just been. Living my life. Been living your life. Yes. Moved to Sydney. Moved to Sydney. We are going to talk about that in, okay. a, in a little bit. Um, I mean in the immediate um, last few days. Oh, last few days. Um, I have been doing some drinking. Okay, good. I'm yeah. glad you're keeping up with that. Yes. Well, you don't want to get out of practice with no. these things. You don't want to get behind on it. No, exactly. Um, I saw Nigella. I am very jealous. In the flesh. Nigellus. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Still got it. I know. You know what? I was really worried about this podcast, to be honest, that, you know, we were going to be out of step in a way, but you've really launched (laughs) back into it with great gusto. So she was doing a book signing. She was doing a book signing at City Hall. She in made Bus- a promise. City Hall? City Hall. Oh, my God. City Hall. The best part of it was um, the woman sitting next to me, uh, She Nigella was like her Oprah, and everything that Nigella said, she'd go, mmm, mmm, and nod her head. It was great. <laughs> but and she was eating one of Nigella's recipes as well, so she's like, mmm. And um, Nigella pledged very early on that she would sign every single book. Wow, that's yeah, nice. big deal. I would not do that. No, because there were... Literally over a thousand people, and I think there would have been a thousand people in line oh my to get God. the book signed. 
So she would have been there until midnight that night. What an angel. I waited for an hour. Yeah. Um, and her face, I've got to tell you, See those pillows over on the hotel bed? Yes. That's what her face... Not in like, a, not in like a John Merrick elephant man way, <laughs> but like, you know, oh, my pillow. <coughs> sorry, that's wrong. Love you, John Merrick. <laughs> sorry. No, he's not listening. <laughs> Do you mean to slap you? <laughs> and um, Do you mean it was like white? What do you mean? No, it just means it was just a plump, like plump like a pillow. Like in a good way? Yeah, in a beautiful way. Oh, okay. Pillows are beautiful. This is not a way to compliment face. a woman. Yeah, she <laughs> loves it. I know. I know you're not experienced, but don't tell women their face looks like a plump pillow. I don't know what they want. They never make their minds up, those bloody women. You want to compliment or not? Yeah. Yeah. Can't compliment. Oh, they get offended. Chris Gale style. <laughs> <laughs> I did get a photo of uh, Ben with... Um, Your boyfriend, Ben. You can't just say Ben. No one knows who Ben Nigella. is. With Nigella. Yep. And they are looking at each other like they are about to make passionate love. You claimed that she was doing. She was doing the Carol. The eyes. She was doing the Carol ad. Um, <laughs> what was the other woman in that? Therese. I hated um, how I they said her name. Therese. By the way. Therese. We're talking about Todd Haynes' Carol, of course. Yes. The uh, greatest film not to be nominated for an Oscar. Ugh, outrageous. Um, so they were doing some serious eye fucking. <sighs> um, you did bring up Ben Beck, and I, I didn't really. It's a topic that's awkward for me because. Uh, I like my podcast listeners, you know, to think that I'm available <laughs> because it's like the Beatles, you know, like oh, you think they'll tune out if they think you're unavailable, unattainable, yeah. <laughs> you know. The They're Beatles, like not listening to this anymore. The Beatles had to appear single. <clears throat> mm. Our pod, what I'm saying is, our podcast is like the Beatles. You're the Harry and Louis of <laughs> this podcast. You and Ben. I'm the Paul McCartney <laughs> of the Beatles of this podcast, <laughs> and you are Stuart Sutcliffe of the Beatles. I don't know who that is. That, is that who, the point? He's the one who yeah. didn't make it. Okay, yeah. Um, do you think Ben and I look alike? You haven't met him now. That's an awkward topic. Look, you have because you both wear glasses, and you're both touchy about it. To be honest, yeah, I don't think you look alike. I think you just have you just look like dudes, and you both have glasses. People think we look alike because we have brown hair and glasses. Yeah, which is but that's why Sarah Palin Tina Fey disorder. They don't look anything alike. You have similar features, but I don't think you look alike in the face or body. Thank you so much. (laughs) What do you think? Also, um, it's not like we could like pass up for each other's yeah, IDs. We or couldn't something. have like a parent trap situation where I go back to his share house and pretend to be him and <laughs> say hello to his housemate. But it is that's but that's why you look like Rachel Maddow is just because you have the glasses and yeah, the hair exactly. and Alison Bechdel. So yeah. you're and all I Hannah Gadsby. Honestly, love all lesbians. Yeah. So both of you look. You're kind of in the same... If you're grouped together in the, I guess, who... What, me, Hannah Gadsby, <laughs> Rachel Maddow, and, and ben. ben. Yes. In Guess Who, you guys if I, you guys would be all standing in a group together. <laughs> Except that's too, way too many women for Guess yeah, Who. Yeah, no, too many. <laughs> yeah. Beck, I yeah. want to get back to you moving to Sydney. It's been a big okay. deal. People were wondering what happened to this podcast, and who knows if we would have done one if you actually were still in Brisbane. <laughs> we're quite lazy. Um... We're busy. Yeah, we're busy. We're busy beavers. <laughs> we are busy beavers. Busy beeves. Um, Ugh. You've become a uh, a Sydney it girl. No, I have not. Sorry, um, that's a typo. I should have said uh, Sydney IT girl. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> I'm learning computing. <laughs> yeah. It's a sort of place that I could never live, but you love it. 
Why couldn't you live You're here? You're mad for it. I couldn't live here because I feel so deeply unattractive every time I visit Sydney. But you are way more like standardly attractive than I am and I live here fine. But I come – look, in Brisbane – You're like a big fish in I'm a I'm like a pond. three, you know. And I don't mean to back. I'm like a three. Out of ten. Out of ten. In Sydney, I come to Sydney and they say, like – you're not eligible to be on this chart, you know? <laughs> you can be beside the chart. You're, you're an idiot. I could go into like certain Kmarts in Brisbane <laughs> and be offered a modelling contract <laughs> on the spot. Well, yeah, I guess I just like am the same everywhere, so it doesn't really matter. I'm fine. It's great. It's fine. I love it. I'm in the inner west, so I shaved half of my hair off. I'm going to get a septum piercing. Are you going to get a septum piercing? Yeah. Are you really going yeah. to? Yeah, okay. I'm going to have. I'm having my like, like the like, uh, what what's the midlife crisis? But hopefully, I don't die at sixty. <laughs> no, you're definitely going to die. At 60. Okay, you're not going to well, last at sixty. <laughs> then I'm having a midlife crisis, so it's fine. Um, Some men um get a convertible and that sort of thing, but I'm just becoming <laughs> way more. Uh, dikey. Is a septum piercing, sorry, back to the septum piercing, is it like where you, like a bull where you've got like the yeah. piercing? Okay. I've seen people with those. Yeah. Your friend D has a piercing. She does. Our friend D. <laughs> uh, Beck, who is in your Sydney squad? That's what I want to know. Oh. You have like a squad like Taylor Swift. I have a bunch of friends. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think, okay, I wrote down a list of people I think might be in your okay, Sydney great. squad. Are you ready? Yep. You can tell me yay or nay. Okay. okay. Um, Samantha Armitage. <laughs> Yay. Roxy Jasenko. Nay. <laughs> no, I don't know her. Clover Moore. Definitely. Um, Harry from Harry's Cafe de Wheels. I don't know. No. <laughs> you don't know Harry's Cafe de Wheels? Oh, is that with the hot dogs? Yeah. No, it's with the mushy peas on top of the Oh, uh, I haven't been there, so he's not my squad. You're not really from Sydney. I'm not. Um, the Taronga Zoo Ferry. Yes, and the Tronga Zoo Fairy. 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 Down in the garden. Coverage. I love, I just love fairies. I've got to tell you. <laughs> Mad for them. <laughs> you've been here the, you've been here the whole summer, right? Yeah. You've spent your whole summer in Sydney. Yeah. First Sydney summer. Is it hot here? Is it muggy like Brisbane? Yeah. Is this, are you seriously doing weather? No, no, this is, this is slowly transitioning into a podcast my dad can listen to. <laughs> okay, um. Um, it's not as, it's not as bad as Brisbane, so that's a bonus. But are you a big sweater? <laughs> Is this something I can ask a woman? <laughs> uh, do you have a pillow for a face and are you a big sweater? How much, okay. How much do you sweat exactly? Yeah, I sweat, it's been muggy the last week and so I'm fine as long as I stay perfectly still mm. in my house. Yes. But then the instant I move, I become covered in a sheen. Beautiful. A Martin sheen. Yeah. <laughs> I can walk for like five meters in Brisbane these days and I look like I've taken a bath. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so, so disgusting. Um, I'll tell you who uh, can probably relate to this sweating talk, Beck, and that is um, a federal MP known as George Christensen. Oh. Um, I imagine he's a man who might sweat. Look, not to... Not this to, is not this is not fat gear, by the way. <clears throat> no, no. This is just uh, men who sweat. Women and also, who sweat. Uh, men who sweat. <laughs> also because uh, a men who sweat. <laughs> my wife. Um, also because every photo of him, he looks sweaty. He looks so. He's sweet. the Joe him Hockey and School Joyce. of and Barnaby Joyce. Mm. All the, you know, the anyone from Queensland as a politician is a huge sweater. This looks like a fucking turnip, Barnaby <laughs> Joyce. He's the. F- you know what? It's really progressive. He's, he's our first. 
turn federal <laughs> parliamentarian. <laughs> and turnips are boring. Yeah, hell yeah. Tasting. So I hope George Christensen is having one hell of a summer. If you don't know who he is, he's um a Queensland MP, federal MP for Dawson, and um he's actually Hayden Christensen's dad. Uh, <laughs> may the force be with you. <laughs> You're supposed to say and also with you. Oh, sorry. Hmm. Uh, I don't know Star Trek. You know what? I hope George Christensen is having the summer of George. I proclaim this the summer of George. <laughs> He's been having a quiet summer online, though. I did look up. He I has. Wanted to see, yeah. I wanted to see exactly where he was at because he's quite an active uh, Twitterer. He is a tweeter. Um, he's had a few exchanges with like Terry Butler and Scott Ludlam. They're talking about World of Warcraft and Dungeons and Dragons and Dragon Dragon Ball, Ball Z, Z and <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon. And <laughs> Um, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yeah, how to lose a guy in 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> On December 22, mm-hmm. he tweeted out a YouTube playlist of some Gregorian chanting. Oh, wow. Because he's a man of the people. You know, he knows what people want. <laughs> yep. Um, On December 22, he also retweeted a picture of himself being compared, like, physically to Sky presenter Paul Murray. Which is, you know, Paul's got to be thrilled at that comparison. I saw that, and they look nothing. It's the same thing as you and Ben. They just have both have a beard in the photo. Yes. They look nothing alike. And on December thirty, he proposed that Tony Abbott. Remember him? He used to be um, uh, prime minister. He proposed to Tony Abbott. No, he proposed oh. that Tony Abbott. Mm. He proposed that Tony Abbott take on a national security role because of his uh, tough stance on Islam. Right, yeah. So that's that's good. And definitely going to happen, as we know that Tony Abbott is recontesting yep. his uh, seat of Warringah. Amazing It's going to be all shits and giggles, all fun yep. in the years to come. It's going to be great. I hope he's been having a restful summer, though, Beck, uh, because last year, and we haven't spoken about it um, on the podcast since it happened because we haven't done a, an episode, yep. but last year, a while ago, you mm. did have a very public online spat <laughs> with him. <laughs> It actually made it made a proper newspaper. Yes. And it was um you know, there was a thing on BuzzFeed I saw and Junkie mentioned it and all that sort of thing. So yep. it should I explain what yeah, happened? Yeah, what happened? Well, he um spoke at uh one of the rallies, the anti Islam rallies. Okay. And um I thought that was absolutely disgusting for an MP to do. Um so I wrote a little article mm. about um, – because it was one of the Reclaim Australia rallies. Oh, yes. Which are basically just a thinly – not even thinly veiled no. racist <laughs> gathering. They hate veils. Yeah. If we know anything about them, <laughs> they bloody hate veils. Even a thin one, they're like, yeah. not get no. that out of the way. <laughs> get that out of the way. So, he spoke there and I thought it was disgusting. So, I wrote a ch- tongue-in-cheek article saying that he made me embarrassed to be from Queensland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I kept it to – his actions. You weren't. You weren't like George Christensen. What a fat dog. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know. Cunt. So embarrassing. SBS don't like when you say the cunt word. Yeah. That's what I found out. <laughs> anyway, and so then a couple of days later, he sent me some tweets at I think one a.m. and then five a.m. And, being- <laughs> and what I love about it, it was like that um, Catherine um, Tate character, which was like he. He wasn't even bothered. No, he, he was like, wasn't I'm bothered. not bothered though. I'm just up at 1am though <laughs> replying to you though. I'm not bothered. And then he um, gave a quote to the Daily Mercury. Mm, which I think is, it's a Mackay paper. Yeah. yeah. Um, basically, 
talking about my article that I've written. Yes. But he linked to it on his Facebook saying, read more about how I don't care. And then yeah. link to an article. This is how much I don't yeah. care. Um, <laughs> it's the Ricky Gervais way to respond to a controversy. You know how Ricky yeah. Gervais like, yeah. has a joke controversy and then he'll spend six days talking about how he doesn't care that <clears throat> yeah. people are offended by his joke. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But what he did was he called me a journalist, first of all, which, <laughs> which is, is a really oh, long the bow worst to draw. Part. Yeah. Um, so this SBS journalist, Rebecca Shaw, pictured, wrote an attack piece against me, claiming I'm embarrassing to her along with Forex. <laughs> yes, <laughs> SBS tax dollars were used in what amounts to a weird letter to the editor rant. Mm-hmm. What Rebecca should be embarrassed about is being a grown woman who still wears a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shirt. That's so 1990s. Read more on how much I care about Rebecca's opinion here. <laughs> and then link now, to it. Now, what I agree with, George, 100% <laughs> is that you are a nerd, <laughs> you know, like he's got that. He's hit the nail on the head but, there. But, and you just, like he's, he has videos on YouTube about Doctor Who and you, he like tweets about Dungeons Dragons. But anyway, the point is he went, he knew, he knew I had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shirt because he went to my personal Facebook mm. profile and went through my photos and that's, found he it. He went through your photos. Not yeah, just that's the not my profile photo. photo. That's weird. And then he put the photo up with the thing, like on his Facebook page. Yes. And then that was essentially just like... He was inviting people to attack you. Yeah. Essentially. Um, so this, some of the things were... Paul Smith said, Jesus Christ, there isn't enough Forex on the planet to consume for her to be considered rootable. Okay. That's all her problem is. Now piss off down whatever hole you came from and stay there. Hey, hey, hey. It's called Toowoomba. Okay. <laughs> it's not a hole. got a name. Yeah. It's actually on top of a range. It's the opposite of a hole. <laughs> Aussies haven't fought for our freedom so it can be abused by these idiots. Mm, mm. Mm, yeah, flying yep. the flag. Um, we didn't go to Gallipoli so that you could write some fucking letter to the editor style, which, by the way, you know, that is your brand, okay? Don't and also they precisely did fight for my freedom so I could write about politicians in a critical way. Um, but my favourite was Barry who wrote, I just read her crap she wrote. My God, my God, what a slag, this ugly fat slob of a misfit she is. I can tell you now, slag, you rubbish Pauline Hansen in your tripe, but I can assure you the skid mark in her knickers, not that she has a mark, but if, would be. <laughs> not so much about it. <laughs> would be much prettier than your ugly mush. So I mush. <laughs> so, but that's my favourite because he's like the skid mark in her knickers. Not that she has one. Not that not she has a skid mark. She has one. No. Oh my god. Um, that's yeah. Oh wait, that's beautiful. I can't believe Barry Cassidy would write that. By the way, <laughs> but he finished. With, Let's all let us all know when you get your first nookie, will you? And I don't mean your vibrator. So we can all send the poor dude a get well card. He would have to be a poor, desperate individual. Okay. God, well, you're going to be they holding your breath to... for a while if you wait for me to... If they really wanted to compliment a lady, talk about her pillows, <laughs> her lovely pillow face, you know. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah. that was a sort of fun That's... couple of days that I had. And you've had a recent one because you decided to write about Chris Gale, who's a Jamaican cricketer. Yeah. Um, and who was the reporter who he basically was hitting on at the cricket in a, like a post Mel McLaughlin. Mel McLaughlin. Yeah. So you wrote about that. And yeah. why were people upset about it? Because I am a woman who wrote about sexism on the mm. internet. You know what I'm hearing here? Okay, you've got a lot of like pushback from the George Christensen thing. You've got a lot of pushback from the Chris Gale mm. thing. 
<laughs> when are you going to do the right thing by Australian men and stop writing articles, <laughs> you know? I know. I'm... Keep offending people. Put down the laptop and just, you know, go live your life. It's very incendiary of me yeah. to continue to have an opinion. Absolutely. But anyway, that was good. Um, after the whole – the George Christensen thing, he – by him reacting like that, I got to write another article, so I got paid. Yes. And my original article did much better than it would have <laughs> if he didn't. And then, so around that time, I went to um, a pub and I took a photo in my shirt and I just added it, like I sent it to him, like doing cheers. Awesome. And um, did he yeah. respond? He didn't respond. He blocked me. I That's think. That's disappointing. But it got a lot of faves. Thanks, George. Thanks, George. You should send him a card or something. A gift basket. You should send him a basket of uh, ed- edible arrangement. <laughs> in the shape of skid marks in Pauline Hanson's underwear. <laughs> what a weird... <laughs> what a weird thing of you to say. I know. Just <laughs> <laughs> going from there. Um, I want to talk about this too, Beck, because uh, Netflix is back in the news, Beck, and a mm. lot of people around Australia sure. are quite nervous um, because... There was news that uh, Netflix was going to crack down on Australians using a VPN to access the US Netflix catalog. Yep. I wouldn't know anything about this because I obey the law. Yeah. And I know that there are copyright agreements for certain shows. And I know that we only deserve 10% of the US <laughs> Netflix catalog. I know that. We're yep. absolute and garbage you, people. You appreciate that 10%. You I are am, grateful for that. I, I appreciate the 10% and I am the 1%. <laughs> Yeah, I did hear about that. Um, it's funny that Australians, even though they're still they're paying for Netflix, they still have to pirate. Yes, in a form. It's great. <laughs> and it's funny because Netflix now has a total global reach of 190 countries. Yeah, I couldn't right. name 190 countries. There's no go way. on. Okay. <laughs> The reach is a big deal because um, Netflix has a lot of shows depicting same-sex attracted characters and, you know, some of those same-sex characters have sex with people of the same sex. Ugh. Can you imagine? Disgusting. Uh, Orange is New Black, Sense8, Jessica Jones, are just a few of those shows that I've never seen. Um, <laughs> now, those shows will be available in countries that still criminalise oh, yeah, homosexual yeah. activity. So, for the first time, for some people, they're actually going to be seeing gay sex yeah. or, you know, what can pass as gay sex on Netflix. Yeah. And Netflix hasn't really said whether they're going to censor those shows in those countries, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah, right. Because they can technically lock shows at the request of a government. Right. Um, and LGBT activists uh, are very worried that the shows will be pin-protected. But Out.com, just a couple of weeks ago, has praised streaming services like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon for really leading the charge in terms of gay content. So streaming has the highest percentage of trans characters, for instance, which is still only about 2%. Um, On streaming services, there are 43 regular LGBT characters and 16 recurring characters sprawled across 23 original programs. In comparison, broadcast television has 35 LGBT characters and 35 recurring, over 118 shows. And actually no transgender characters, so it's only LGB characters. All right. And uh, cable, pay TV, has 84 regular and 58 recurring LGBT characters, of which only 2% are trans. Yeah. 
So Netflix is like leading the push in terms of diversity of cast. Although mm-hmm. I've got to say, of all those LGBT characters, they're all um, white. <laughs> or right. Very. Quite a few of them are white. Yeah. Um, well, Orange is the New Black, I think, has probably the best mix of oh, absolutely Orange is race New and sexuality. Orange is New Black has probably the best, you know, diverse cast of any like original drama. Outside of uh, Top Chef, which, as we know, is the most diverse any show can ever be, don't you think? <laughs> it's the same as um, like Master Chef Junior. I was even watching the other day and thinking, you know, it's so diverse, especially yep. racially, that like regular like scripted television just isn't. Despite the promising number of gay shows and movies on those streaming services, there are still people who are very, very desperate to not have to see it. <laughs> yep. Um. If you type in, like, how do I remove, like, Netflix, how do I remove, the very first answer is how do I remove the gay-lesbian category. Um, it's probably the most, or one of the most popular Netflix-related searches online. What is with these people? Just don't watch it. Yeah. You're not being forced to watch it. What is the problem, though? They don't want On their... my streaming service, you will be forced to watch it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Is I'll... it just they don't want their children to see the words gay and lesbian? Well, that's that's some of their argument. But that argument doesn't really make sense because the first thing you see when you, you know, go into Netflix is the option to choose the kids category. So yeah. if your kids are watching Netflix, those the LGBT category is not going to pop yeah. up. Well, the horror one or the yeah. Scary. So clearly, it is not you not wanting your children to be exposed to it. Um, I'll just read out one example, and there's so many examples online, but this is just one that I enjoyed. It's from a uh, website called conservativecave.com, um, my my homepage, <laughs> um, and Gina on Netflix. Uh, She's left uh, this uh, post in one of the forums on Conservative Cave. Um, She said, Netflix, I just called them because in the movies genre, there is gay and lesbian as a subgroup. I called them to ask how to get rid of that because I don't like my kids seeing the titles and frankly don't want to see that crap. They told me someone high up made the decision and there are like six subgroups that you are forced to look at whenever you scroll through the movies. (laughs) What do I do besides cancelling? So she just left the answer out to all the other very normal, great people on <laughs> Conservative K. Uh, my favourite response is from DLR Pyro. It's great to have Pyro yeah. in your uh, username. DL, DLR Pyro just uh, responded, hmm, no subgroup for straight and normal. Oh, man. This is true. Except for all every movies other category. Ever um, made. The best thing about DLR Pyro is you know how on like forums you can have like little quotes underneath every yeah. post? Yeah. Like for instance, Gina has pictures of her family. We get it, Gina. Yeah. You've done well. <laughs> DLR Pyro has a few quotes, uh, including but not limited to basking in the glow of my white privilege. And my other favourite, Jesus. My other favourite hashtag Police Lives Matter. <laughs> oh my God! What a combo! What a great person! But Gina goes on in the post. She's very confused because she says that um, outside um, of out and proud prawn, which I assume is porn. Yeah. Um, how many movies could you lump into that category? Brokeback Mountain is the only one that comes to mind. Kissing Jessica Stein, maybe. I can't think of any others. She can think of two queer movies, and one is Kissing Jessica Stein, which is not that well known. Then she went back and checked. She's very eager to... She's looked at this category, frankly, more than I have. (laughs) She says, there was one where two guys adopt a boy, and he wonders if he is gay. Then there is one where two Arabs from different sects 
sects are aroused by each other crossing the desert during a war. They're aroused by each other because they're crossing a desert. Yes. They're like, <laughs> it's really hot how you cross that desert. Yeah. Um, the, on the Ashay Netflix anyway, that category is terrible. Oh. But, but whenever I log into Netflix now after a, <laughs> Uh, while of having Netflix in my new Sydney home, it's basically like all the any movie that has vague lesbianism yeah. in it pops up immediately. And is like, do you want to watch this, you fucking le- lesbian? <laughs> That's the- we know you want to watch this. Yeah, we've already started yes. playing it. <laughs> we know you're going to watch all of this terrible show because there's one lesbian character in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is a rule for lesbians. It's not so much for gay men. Gay men don't really have this rule where they have to watch anything where there's a gay character in it, like a gay male character. But women tend to watch, lesbian women tend to watch anything that has a lesbian woman. I think part of it... Um, is representation. Yeah, but also I think it part of it is that there's a lot more uh, better gay porn. A lot more better. A lot more, better, <laughs> a lot absolutely. more better language that I can say words um, as doing. What these people really are asking in these forums are, how do I remove the gay lesbian category from life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually, someone said that, um, the alternative lifestyle thrown at us on TV in elections and online, I think it creates more homophobia, if not mm. downright hatred, to be honest. Good point. Respect and tolerance has to work both ways. Yeah. So if you just didn't exist and I <laughs> didn't have to see tolerant. you, that's you being tolerant yes. of us. Thank you. <laughs> Please hide away from me. Um, so I have watched some incredibly bad oh, movies on Netflix. Here's the thing about Netflix. All the gay movies are terrible. Yeah. And you know what? It's not our fault. It's not our it's fault. It's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> I can maybe count five lesbian movies that are good quality in the whole world. Yes. And so there's a lot that are really shitty. They're so cheaply made. They're the new yeah. Lifetime movie in a way. They are. Ex- They're like they're straight just terrible. to... Straight to streaming yep. lesbian movies. The thing I love about the gay and lesbian category in Netflix is there's always like these beautiful little like homoerotic covers, yep. like just like of like really like delicate touching or two men in a pool just like laying beside each other. Yep. Never full on passion. No, no. Um, and there's always like a really ambiguous, weird title like Christopher's Lament, <laughs> The Cabin at Mount Glorious. <laughs> John's anus, you know, like really just <laughs> really vague, vague and could be anything. Yeah, I really got nostalgic for message boards when I looked at the Christian Cave <laughs> message boards because they're, they're like it's from the nineties, yeah. and with the little the quotes underneath and the like flashing emoji, it made me long for the days of the Ani DeFranco message board where I spent <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> where you really did find yourself. I did. The dream of the nineties is alive at the Conservative Cave. It is. Beck, we haven't done it for a long while. That's News Minute. (laughs) This is News Minute. I'm Rebecca Shaw. A self-confessed fangirl has begun dating Wizards of Waverly Place actor Jake T. Austin after relentlessly tweeting him compliments for five years. The precedent this story sets is good news for me, Rebecca Shaw, and bad news for you, Connie Britton. The Bolt Report has officially been cancelled by Network 10, and you know what that means. 
Waleed Ali has been reading The Secret. Hollywood stars have hit out at the lack of diversity of this year's Oscar nominees. Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith have announced they will boycott the ceremony, just like how I used to boycott high school parties that I was uninvited to. Woolworths was forced to recall its Australia Day merchandise after leaving Tasmania off depictions of the country. Who knows what a map of Tassie even looks like, said Woolworths CEO Peter Taggart. And Leonardo DiCaprio's movie The Revenant has been praised by feminists for passing the Berkdale test. And now here's Peter with sport. Well, officials say they are yet to get to the bottom of allegations of widespread match-fixing in tennis. Let's face it, if they really wanted to fix tennis, they'd play it on concrete, without nets and without rackets. That's right, I'm talking about handball. Good rally! Still on tennis, former world number one Leighton Hewitt has announced his retirement from professional singles. It's been an emotional few days for Hewitt, who's finally able to follow his true calling, financially supporting Beck Hewitt's poetry career. And Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull is yet to visit the Australian Open, but said in a speech, I love tennis, I love sport, like you. I'm a big fan of sport and all it encompasses. You know, I was just saying the other day to Maurice Payne, I said, I love the... The joie de vivre, you know. It reminds me of a great uh, Bill Henson painting that I have hanging up in the Point Piper house. There really hasn't been a better time to be Australian. Don't worry, there's only another 45 minutes of this impression. And that's tennis. (sighs) Welcome back to the uh, ninth hour of the Bring a Plate (laughs) podcast. It only feels like that. And I'm Rebecca Shaw. Still. I am still. And forever will be until I get married and take my husband's surname. Yes, which will definitely happen. <laughs> Cannot Is there wait. A phenomenon of like in the states now that um, women can marry women of some women taking their partner's surname. Why are you saying just women? Do you mean men as well? Sure, <laughs> I don't like to. <laughs> you c- yeah, of course there would be. I know it happens with a very you know rare instances of like some men picking up their yeah. wives' name. What I believe is that there should be dedicated people like myself and the couple comes in and I choose whoever has the coolest oh, surname. That should be me. We should both do it. You know what we should do? We should start a business where we do that or we offer a third choice of a new, we think of a new yeah. name for you two based on If you've your both interests. got boring names. Based on your interests. Yeah. You know how like on um, Changing Rooms. <laughs> I was thinking um, Extreme Makeover House yeah. Edition, but they're like, I like basketball, so their whole room yeah. is our basketball. Your room is now a basketball court. <laughs> this is a million dollar idea. It is. Um, a one million dollar idea. We can't even buy a fucking not, apartment yeah, in Newtown for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. Um, I've been down a deep... You've been down. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Well, I've been down a uh, deep rabbit hole Ooh. lately of looking Watching at the movie Rabbit Hole. Oh. Did you know I bought that movie on DVD? Have right. we ever discussed that? <laughs> That's the most depressing thing I've ever heard. I'd already seen it at the cinema. <laughs> oh, and I was like, you know what? I need to own this movie oh, my about Lord. a child dying. Yeah, that's a great performance by Nicole Kidman. Though, never watched it. Never oh, watched I haven't it. seen still it. In, it's still in its packaging. I watched it at the cinema. You're I've keeping it. You're hoping it um goes up in value. Yeah. <laughs> you're keeping it in its packaging. It's never been the right time. I've never come home from a work week and gone, <laughs> you know what I need to watch? <laughs> John Cameron Mitchell's Rabbit Hole. Do I, um, you know, watch Requiem for a Dream, Dance in the Dark, <laughs> Rabbit Hole, and then <laughs> jump out your window? My favourite trilogy. Yeah. Trilogy. Um, now, I've been down a hole of uh, vegans online. Yeah. Because I, 
vegans, like you, Rebecca Shaw, vegans really shine online. They do. This is where vegans come to shine. Yes, exactly. Um, and they've been in the news lately because of the Australia Day ad, which yep. is uh, fronted by SBS personality Li Lin Chin, who I haven't seen enough of, to be honest. Yeah. I just wish there was more No oversaturation no, happening no, there. No, not at all. <laughs> I need to see more of her. She's the Jennifer Lawrence of Australia. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And it was just the other week that the Advertising Standards Board said uh, that they would allow the ad to remain on the air because the ad had received a lot of criticism for two points. Now, the first point was probably a more valid reason, which was there was no sort of Indigenous people in the ad and it kind of glossed over the fact of, you know, uh, our traditional yeah. And they referenced Boomerang or something. Yeah, they referenced Boomerang. Uh, can we just point out for people like non-Australian listeners okay. – is that Australia advertises lamb every year? It's a tradition to advertise lamb on Australia for no day. no particular company. And it's the meat um it's like industry the meat board, union meat or industry something. Board. But it's specifically just everyone eat lamb. Absolutely. That's what we're working with here. And it was an ad, kind of a pro lamb ad. And they break in. They're, they're rescuing Australians from all around the world and bringing them back to Australia for Australia Day. Yeah. And one of the people, I think, he's in like a New York kind of loft situation, Ugh. and they like burst into his apartment like a kind of SWAT team style and um, they see that he's a vegan and he's got some kale on the table and they basically get this torch out and like burn the kale. And vegans were very, very deeply concerned That would make some delicious kale chips though if he did it that way. Yeah, yeah. I'd be into that. So they thought that was absolutely disgusting. Um, they don't want to see any kale being burnt, and they complained. And I should say, this is hashtag not all vegans. Of course. I have some wonderful vegan <laughs> friends. Do you know what, though? I really admire how much dedication it takes to be a vegan. Oh. And if you're, like, doing it for the right reasons, like, yes. I really respect it. But this is not those people. No, <laughs> These are the next is... level. Uh, one of the complaints I saw was... My children were at a friend's house and saw this ad and came home terrified someone was going to come and torch our living room because we're vegan. (laughs) I want to meet this family. (laughs) But before this ad even happened, I was like waist deep in um, vegan muck online. Waist deep? Up to your dick. (laughs) Yeah. I follow some vegans on Twitter. I follow some vegans on Instagram. And so I often get to see the kind of things that they like and they retweet. Right. Um. And they built a large community, and mm-hmm. within the community are a subsect of vegans who really, really want to be seen as victims. They're very desperate to be victimized yeah. by, and, and, and to a certain extent, some people do victimize vegans. Of course, there's a, there's like a degree of bullying and making fun that like really viciously, but but there are some vegans who are, who would equate their struggle with, with say Black Lives Matter yeah. or uh, you know. Uh, uh, trans issues. Yeah, they or... try to tie it to other sorts of oppression, which is not the same thing. Now, this the first thing I want to bring to the table here is um, a website called um, VeggieVisionDating.com. Oh, my Now, goodness. if you don't know, Beck, vegans have a lot of trouble using um, dating apps and dating sites online. There's even an Instagram dedicated to their struggle called um, uh, Vegans of Tinder. And it's where, you know... They have the fact that they're vegan on their profile because it's obviously a very important yes. personality trait to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes they get some pushback from people going, oh, what you need is a good steak and all that sort of stuff, which is a 
Fair enough, opening line. Oh, you know, opening lines are hard. How do you talk to women? Is what I'm asking. <laughs> Obviously, you say you, beautiful pillows. You yeah, say to them. you you always say all you need is a good steak, even mm. if they're a meat eater already. Yeah, <laughs> you I say like, that always. Yes. I you need a good steak. To a woman in a club. And let's just say, you're a vegetarian. I'm a vegetarian. So no, you're actually, I'm a pescatarian. Okay. So I'm a fraud. You're a lot of things. I'm a hypocrite. Yes, and a fraud. You're um, worse than a meat eater. Thank you so much. The thing about veggievisiondating.com, it's for vegans. <laughs> it's very catchy. Vegans to meet other vegans, I should point out. Right. It's not, as I thought, a site where humans could date veggie. Like that man with his onion, the yes. giant onion. It's the sexiest photos. Vegans, yeah, they've been driven off Tinder in, in droves, so they've decided to create their own veggievisiondating.com. But what would happen if you, if I saw someone as a vegan on Tinder, I'd be like, okay. okay. But I think, I think it's because some vegans are such hardcore vegans that they that, can't be that with they someone. They can't be who's... around me. If you were cooking okay. a steak at home, they couldn't deal with that. Right, know? okay. I, I want to say, I've got a joke here. Um, gay vegans who only date other gay vegans are cauliflower rice queens. Wow. Minute of silence. <laughs> Please, <laughs> let's never forget this moment. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking, Beck. Um, you're thinking, where do I sign up? Yes. Veganism sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, this sounds awesome. Yes. I want to get on to VeggieVisionDating.com. <laughs> God, that's so, such a shitty title. <laughs> <laughs> um, you ought to become a vegan, Beck. Okay. Because there are a lot of people online who believe that if you are not a vegan, you are not a real feminist. Have oh, you heard yes. of these people? I have heard of those people, indeed. Now, there is a school of thought that feminists should be concerned with the rights of all females, no matter what species. Ba- like mummy cows and their babies, yeah. they have every right to live as you, Beck. Yes. So why are you oppressing them by eating them? What, is it because they're delicious? <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, female... Animals are used for breeding. So are male animals. What about the men? What about the bulls? <laughs> oh, don't turn around on me, mate. You're um, a bad feminist. But the thing is, like, when they talk about female, the female animals are raped, like, yes, it's not like in nature they're going on a nice date and on the third date they have, they finally have sex. Like, yes. it's all, and I totally am for ethical breeding and, all that sort of thing. But of humans. Of humans only. But yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. No, it's, it's stupid. I'm going to, look, I'll, <laughs> oh God, I'll put it out there that. and say that people who are no. saying that women who eat meat are bad feminists are cooked. They're done. <laughs> They're just cooked at. <laughs> I'm a white man saying that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, you're allowed to tell allowed women to what feminism is. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got some people very worried about the cows. By the way, I don't know how they feel about fish being consumed. Can fish be women? Fish can be women, obviously. They're <laughs> women fish. Can fish be women? Peter Taggart, 2016. <laughs> Put that in your quote books, baby. Baby. <laughs> obviously, fish can be women. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not here to say that fish can't be women. I'm not okay, going to be good. that guy. Um... <laughs> um but there are also people very, very concerned with uh, – <laughs> I don't know where I found this. It was a vegan message board of some kind. But there was a post called um, Slaughterhouse v. Strawberry Harvest. Can plants feel pain? Oh, dear. Hi, everybody. It seems that any time a debate rises over my lifestyle choice with an omnivorous friend, the very first thing they do is get defensive and yell, but you kill plants. They're alive too. 
While I mostly try to shrug it off, I have not yet been able to come up with a valid response to this point. Sure, I can say, you idiot plants don't have a central nervous system, you don't feel anything. I'm not too sure if I really believe that. Plants have many mechanisms to avoid being attacked. Some are poisonous, have thorns, release gases, etc. Even fruitarians can be questioned. Is not plucking a pepper from that plant kind of like taking the egg from the chicken? Anyway, guys, I was wondering on your thoughts and opinions. Now, there are no follow-ups to this post because <laughs> I assume he starved to death. <laughs> what do What's you What's he going to eat if he's not eating plants? <laughs> or animals. There, There is like the people who say, I will only eat something that drops on the ground. Like That can't be tr- a true thing. But then you're eating, that's like just eating an aborted fetus, is it not? <laughs> you know? Is it not that? Is it not? I ask you. Is it not? <laughs> anyway, um. he's definitely dead. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> I want to end this with uh, what really got me onto this topic was um, discovering via my Instagram discover page uh, some beautiful vegan memes. Oh. They love a meme. Any, I'm against any group that earnestly does memes that are terrible, and this group do terrible, terrible memes. There's a group called Vegan Street okay. um, that I found, and this is it's how- like an ISIS-style group, I imagine. They have they make their own memes, and they have a Patreon <laughs> that- make memes? Well, um, <laughs> if you give a dollar per week, you get two to three memes. <laughs> that's, that's an absolute steal. <laughs> And it says, a meme is a unit of information which in the best cases can be used as a force for positive change in the world. Every other weekday, Vegan Street publishes a new meme on our Facebook page. Some are funny, some are sweet, some get a little angry, but all of them are designed to make people think about their choices and their relationship with the people, animals, and culture around them. Imagine the page. Note. (laughs) During our first year, we publish a new meme every weekday. Since July, we have had been a meme every other weekday it's like they're treating memes as some how long does it take to make a meme imagine being the patreon supporter who's like sitting at home on a thursday morning waiting for that sweet (laughs) meme to drop from vegan street um that if you pledge three thousand dollars a week they say (laughs) there's not a three thousand dollar option they say we can set up a major culture building and change making network yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? What, what does that mean? They've got 32 patrons at $80 a week. Wow. For the sweet, sweet memes. 32 patrons at $8 a week. You do the math. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do I'm the math. I'm not going to do it. Let's just say it's $400. Like, uh, I'm lost for words. I'm dumbfounded. Um, I want to read out some of my memes because reading out memes on a podcast <laughs> is great <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> I love this one. So this one is from a great Twitter account called at Vegan Revolution, um, which some people might have seen the other day. They had a, a post go viral of saying that um, I think they said forty uh, seven p. So it's like a British account, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the cost of my vegan lunch, but apparently that's too expensive oh. to people addicted to cheese and meat. I think Dan Nolan, very yeah. active on Twitter, uh, great follow. He'll love this shout out. Um, <laughs> He retweeted and I saw it and it, it's basically a picture of some toast and baked beans <laughs> and some cut up cucumber. It's one of the grossest I mean, looking things. Can you believe 47p? <laughs> Honestly. It looks 
That's what Nigella was in town having, wasn't it? Yeah. Didn't she tweet that she originally? She that actually. There. Um, there's another one from Vegan Revolution here <sighs> that's got um, a picture of a man like hanging in a tree, like a lynching scenario. Oh, good. Then a picture, <laughs> then a picture of a, a pig hanging by a tree in a lynching scenario. Oh my god! Do not go here. Um, and then it said. I don't, I need you to explain this to me. I don't even understand this. So it has down the bottom of the, the man hanging, it says racism. Then down the bottom of the pig hanging, it says speciesism. And then it says animal abuse is a white problem. Black people can't be racist. So by this bad logic, racism isn't a white problem. That does my head. I can't understand that. <laughs> is this a mystical riddle that will give us all the riches in the like world? This is a word version of a magic eye trick <laughs> where if you stare at it long enough, it'll suddenly make sense. I think this is labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> I do not understand. Um, another thing Great they have, stuff. another thing they like to tweet out is this, this vine tweet of like someone sucking an udder and it's saying udder suckers be like, which is very cool. Uh. That is like motherfuckers. I get um, it. What have you got over is there? Is Paulie Perrette a vegan? You know, if it got her more attention, I'm <laughs> sure she would be a vegan. <laughs> oh, I just have one that um, is a depiction of uh, baby Jesus in the manger. Good. And Good <laughs> there's a camel and a cow looking in at baby Jesus. And yes. one says, the camel says, I sure hope that refugees will get better treatment in the future. <laughs> And the cow says, yeah, animals too. So that's <laughs> very effective. Yes. And I'm now a vegan after reading that. And I'm religious. They love, they love tweeting this quote, um, from Alex Hershaft, who's a Holocaust survivor and a vegan. Oh boy. Uh, and they've got a picture here. This is a very popular meme. They've got a picture of like, um, a concentration camp and people lying on like crates at a, concentration camp and then they've got caged hens and they've got this Alex Hershaft quote that says I saw a lot of analogies between what the Nazis did to us and what we're doing to farm animals so you know equating the holocaust to caged eggs is just good but also don't buy caged eggs no um and I love oh god I love this this is my favorite one final final one sorry guys I know you want it to go on forever. Um, they've got a picture. This is from Vegan Community, which is a great Instagram follow. Um, and it's basically a picture of Bill Maher. Oh, good. <laughs> and then he says, I wouldn't touch a hot dog unless you put a condom on it. You realize that the job of a hot dog is to use parts of the animal that the Chinese can't figure out how to make into a belt. So what he's done there is he's tied in his favorite topic, racism. Yes. <laughs> Into equate, you know, into promoting veganism. But also, that doesn't make any sense because if you're a vegan, surely you want all the parts of the animal to be used anyway. So, also, are the Chinese known for making belts? <laughs> like, is that what they're? <laughs> is that what we're Where really did known you get for? that Chinese belt? <laughs> that you know what they're famous for? If Bill Maher is the sexiest spokesperson you can have for your community, <laughs> you have bigger problems than the lamb ad. You know. <laughs> Oh dear. Vegans. Get alive, get a grip, get away somewhere, take a trip, take a break, take control, take advice from someone you know. Come on over, come on in, pull up a seat and take a load of your feet. Come on over, 
back in a few days, or in one day actually, we're recording this um, the day before, mm-hmm. a national holiday here in Australia, and it's called Australia Day, or some people would call it Australia Day. Yes. Um, it's not typically a holiday I mark. No. Um, I don't put on my thongs and tie like the flag around my neck mm-hmm. and go down to Cronulla. No. Um, which is what you're doing. That's your traditional plans. Yes. Um, I camp out so I get the best spot <laughs> so I can be as racist as possible. And I thought to tie in with Australia Day. Mm-hmm. We should really do an Australian film. I don't remember the last time we did an Australian film. Have we, Have we ever? Film? I don't think we've Probably ever done Probably not. It. We're not very patriotic. But also the Australian movies we know and love are too good. Yeah. Everyone watch Muriel's Wedding. Yes. If you haven't. Everyone has. No, they haven't. Yes. The film I wanted to talk about today is from 1986. Mm-hmm. It was a worldwide box office hit. It was the highest grossing movie Highest grossing Australian movie, I should say, of all time, until last year. What last beat year. it? Mad Max Fury Road. Well, it doesn't count even. I guess it does. By a couple of million. I yeah, don't know right. how much. But it was still, and, and still until last year, the highest That's grossing amazing. Australian film. It's Crocodile Dundee. Just a little trivia to start off with. Paul Hogan, who is Croc Dundee, was nominated for an Academy Award for the screenplay you, for this movie. What? An Academy Award. What? He's white, we should point out. That's unbelievable. Um, so it's let's, terrible. Let's hook into this masterpiece. Um, All right. <sighs> start off with Linda Kozwalski. Kowalski? I don't know, but she is beautiful. Very beautiful. Ended up marrying Paul Hogan after this movie. Oh, did she? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. For about 26 years. um, Until last couple of years they divorced. But um, her her name is Sue in this movie, and she is a reporter for Newsday, which is like Newsweek. Is it a real magazine? Mm. But she's on assignment in Australia. She's staying probably only a few blocks from where we are right now, in the middle of the Sydney CBD. Can we just say that is the funniest thing about this movie is how much money journalism oh. and newspapers have. Remember when magazines would make money? In yep. this movie, she's put up in a hotel room or some kind of apartment even. Yep. She's got a view of the Opera House and of the Sydney Harbour yep. Bridge. She, like, they fly over business class or first class they fly in a helicopter, like all this stuff that would never happen in a million years. It is so funny. She pitches a story to her editor at Newsday, who happens to be her uh, boyfriend, yeah. as we later find. Um, and the magazine, by the way, is owned by her dad. No nepotism. Yeah, no, there, she's a not. brilliant journalist. She's amazing. She definitely, you know, from what she writes, what you see of her writing this movie, you know it's not nepotism because she ends up writing an article about Mick Dundee or Crocodile Dundee. And uh, I think the article is called something like The Crocodile Man, <laughs> which is a very good title. Uh, so she's a good editor. Well, editors, some, yeah. editors Sometimes they come fuck up. up. Yeah. Um, so she asks <clears throat> to do this story about Mick Dundee, who's survived a crocodile attack in the Northern Territory yeah. where he lives. Um, and they fly her out in a helicopter to walk about. And Creek. she's dressed like Jackie O. She's dressed like cross between Jackie O and um, Meryl Streep in Out of Africa. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love it because as they're flying out to talk about Creek, you see the title for the first time and they've got Crocodile Dundee and the crocodile is on, in, in quotation marks. <laughs> and I looked up why this was and it's it, they changed it for the American market because they thought that some American audiences <laughs> thought it was going to be about a crocodile named Dundee. <laughs> 
You idiot, America. <laughs> that uh, would be much better. So Sue flies out to Walkabout Creek, um, which looks like St. George, but more is happening in Walkabout <laughs> Creek. The first night uh, in Walkabout Creek, she's yet to meet McDundee, but she goes to the local pub. Yeah. Um, and essentially, it's just a bunch of really drunk blokes. Filthy. Filthy blokes who are playing this weird game where they put a beer on their head and they it's, punch each other in the stomach and see if they It's drop one the guy beer. in particular who's yeah. never been defeated. Mick Dundee enters very dramatically. He drags a dead crocodile up to the bar yeah. as if he's wrestling it. You cannot get into a pub with a crocodile. No. I can barely, you know what, I can barely get in when I'm really well dressed, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't believe that you can just wander into a pub with like a dead animal attached to your You can't hand. get in with thongs on. Absolutely You're not getting not. in with a croc. He's covered head to toe in dirt. He, I, because I watched this, I think it must have been in Blu-ray. Okay, great. So, <laughs> fancy. he looked disgusting. His he, skin is so tanned and so leathery. He it's looks like horrible. A, he looks like a mum's really expensive Oriton handbag. Yeah, like it, I'm understanding. I'm pretending I understand that reference. Okay. I do not. <laughs> but but uh, the first time, like Sue lays eyes on him, she's like, "I want to fuck me that Oriton handbag," <laughs> you know. But like, I can. He has handsome features, but just in his whole being, he looks like he's in his eighties. I don't know. It was. Very weird. Uh, they meet each other and... Um, Wait, you missed... But you didn't sorry. talk about his go at spilling the beer game. So, the the guy holds his beer above his head and the, the game is to punch him in the stomach and if he spills it, you win. So, he pretends to go punch him and he kisses him on the cheek and then the guy goes crazy and spills all the beer because he's not a fag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, that set us up for a great film. Yeah. That, I, I felt really reassured after <laughs> yes. seeing that. Um but he soon invites um, Sue to dance with him. He doesn't invite her. He grabs her. He grabs her. <laughs> aggressively. Um, and she loves it. Yeah. And they're dancing to Muzak. I don't know whether they could not get rights for particular songs in this, but it's like they're, they've decided to waltz to like a, like a t- early 2000s Nokia ringtone. It's kind of like... <laughs> the crazy frog. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. And... Uh, there's a couple of blokes in the corner having a real go at me. Oh, mate. They're calling him, oh, they're mate. calling him the worst insult you can call someone. Crockpoacher. <laughs> Don't even fucking say that. Cro- Don't, how you're dare a dirty you? Do not fucking say that to me, mate. Um, Mick has the best comeback I've ever heard <laughs> for someone. He's so offended by the word crockpoacher. It's like the N word for me. Meanwhile, he is a crockpoacher. Yeah, he is a crockpoacher. Okay, <laughs> anyway. Besides the point. <laughs> He says to the guy, shit for brains, which is, these insults are wild, you know. <laughs> and the guy reacts like he's shot him in the foot, like yes. he cannot believe that he's gone there. And they get in a bit of a punch up. Uh, um, Mick stands his ground. Uh, Sue's, Sue's a bit shocked by Mick, but she's determined to. Shocked and aroused. Shocked and aroused. Yep. Is there any other way to be aroused? Um, <laughs> She continues with this profile on him. The most interesting thing Mick first says to Sue is that, you know, she's trying to cover the basics here. She asks him his age, and he doesn't know how old he is, Beck, because he was brought up by an Indigenous tribe, yeah, and they don't really record age, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and 
I'm calling bullshit because Mick physically is at least 20 years older than Sue. <laughs> he has to know that he's older. He yeah. can at least say, I'm a fair bit older than you, so let's not enter a romantic relationship <laughs> because it would look a bit sus. Um, so one of the most famous scenes is when they're driving along and there's mm-hmm. a giant angry bull in yes. the road and they can't get through. So Mick gets out and does the shaka, basically. <laughs> Yes. Symbol and does some mind over matter and gets the bull to lie down, which doesn't move the bull out of no. the way. He lies. I don't know what that was for. They, the bull lies down where it was standing. And then which end is scene. Worse. Yeah, scene. and then it goes the next scene. And I want to know how the fuck they got around that bull. Because now he's lying down. He yeah, that's worse. <laughs> By the way, is it because he's brought up by an Aboriginal tribe that he has magic powers? Is that what Probably. it's implied? Look, it's... It's not the most uh, racially sensitive movie no. either. I love Wall in this movie. Should we talk about Wall? Because uh, yeah. Wall is the person who runs like tours of of the land, yeah. basically, and he he calls himself Mick's business partner. And Wall is so clearly in love with Mick. Yeah, he is enamored sure. with him. Mm-hmm. Anything Mick <clears throat> says, he thinks is fascinating. Um, is business partner kind of like code for like roommates? <laughs> Gal pal. Gal pal. Mick Dundee's my best gal pal. <laughs> and they, there's like weird scenes where, first of all, like Mick Dundee is meant to be this, you know, man of the land. He kills every single thing he yes. comes across. He's not an environmentalist. No. There's a snake if there's a kangaroo. Like he just kills it all. I love when um, Sue decides to ask Mick um, about his opinions because oh, yeah. he has uh, none. He there's something wrong with him. <laughs> I mean, to to have no opinions on politics, Mick Dundee would be shit house on Twitter. I mean, come on. Oh, uh, he would be the worst. The on worst Twitter. follow. One thing we find out, he's not a fan of indigenous land rights, which is he quite def- surprising, considering he <laughs> was, was raised by. Yeah. Yeah. He. He's like Michelle <clears throat> Michelle Malkin, that Republican oh, commentator. Yeah. You know how she was like brought up by like. Democrats, and now she's like the most right-wing person you could ever encounter. Um, and there's a scene where um, Sue goes off by herself to try to be like, I can do this. Yes. And he follows her and then watches her get undressed. He hides in the bushes and watches a woman get undressed. Meanwhile, she's taking her water bottle and is filling it up from the fucking... A dirty pond. Yes. Yeah, so what is she doing? <laughs> But you didn't notice, as she's getting undressed at the pond, because every time you fill up your water bottle, you have to take all your clothes yes. off, um, she strips down and reveals for the entire, I don't know, eight-kilometre walk, she's been wearing a G-string. Yes, I know. The most practical yep. Bushwear. Yeah. Bushwear. Bushwear. Get hey. <laughs> <laughs> G'day, mates. People have missed this show. God. I should say... Uh, uh, in that scene where she strips off, a crocodile almost attacks Sue and Mick leaps out and saves her um, from where he's been masturbating in the bushes. And, oh, actually, before I go into the fact that... So, Sue Sue asks Mick to go back to New York with yep. her, which is where the story really starts. But right before um, they go on the uh, big, giant flying bird, yep. steel bird, Mick is very confused by it. Uh, Sue watches Mick at a, like a corroboree. Oh, yeah. Um, she follows Mick secretly to the corroboree with her camera. And um, the best <laughs> thing is like they're all dancing around and Mick's there. And it just reminded me of that um, Bill Shorten dancing at Kiribati. You know that clip? 
So, so he's never been to a city. No, so in it's his kind of life. like a role reversal here. So she was a fish out of water, yeah. then suddenly he's the fish out Meanwhile, of water. Meanwhile, the first city he goes to is New York, which is kind of, you know, go to yeah. Bathurst yeah. and then go to New York. Yes. <laughs> Mick from the outset is terrified of the city. He <clears throat> gets on an escalator like it is a roller coaster. Honestly, that scene was so dumb. If you're on an escalator, you can see what is happening. He watches it go into the floor and he gets terrified and runs backwards. <laughs> He's not right in the head. He's, there's something very wrong with He's him. He's like when we um fostered kittens once and this baby kitten – well, I guess kittens are babies technically. Um, <laughs> can, can fish be women? <laughs> can kittens be babies? <laughs> um, the kid <laughs> – the kitten started vomiting and then mm-hmm. was terrified of the vomit coming out of its mouth. So it kept jumping back every time it vomited. And that's what he was like on the escalator, but not as cute. He also has this habit of every black person he meets in um, New York City yeah. um, of asking them what tribe are they from. Out of the goodness of his heart, he's just a knockabout bloke. Oh, yeah. He just wants to be friends with everyone, yeah. mate. Um, he gets to stay in the fucking Plaza Hotel. Once again, Newsday. They deserve to go broke, you know what <laughs> I mean? Do. They're really he does not need a on like a suite for yeah. one person. He doesn't need a bidet. He doesn't know what it is. No. Um so Bidet s- mate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um so Sue He's got such a tiny little butt. Did you notice that? Tight tight tiny tight, butt. Tight tiny butt. <laughs> yes. Gorgeous. He's got like um real small hips and butt area. You love it. You love I that. Did. Um just saying. So uh, Sue decides to bring Mick with her. They've shared a kiss by, at this point, by the way. Ugh. But Sue is has a serious long term boyfriend in New York, who's much more handsome. Ugh, but, he's, but he's still gross. He's a pig. He is a pig. And um, a male they pig. all go to dinner together. Very awkward because Mick's obviously attracted to Sue. Yeah. Sue's just a woman. She doesn't know what she wants. <laughs> um, and Richard basically, Richard Sue's uh, boyfriend, decides to humiliate Mick in front of everyone by talking about what roadkill he eats. By the way, he does eat roadkill. Yeah, no, he doesn't De- lie. Defense of truth. Where's the lie, mate? <laughs> um, Richard asks Mick to order everyone, and I don't know what it is, but there's like some kind of insinuation that Mick can't read, or at least can't read Italian. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and to save face, uh, you know, Mick decides to do the normal thing, which is punch Richard in the face yeah. while uh, while Sue's not looking. But he distracts them by saying, look at that big fat Sheila over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's great. Um, Mick's having a terrible time. Sue basically, you know, admonishes Mick for his poor behaviour. Yeah. And Rick decides, Mick, Rick, who am I talking about? <laughs> Mick decides to go out on the town, um, go to a pub. Oh, he asks goodness. his taxi driver, when are you getting off? Very, very forward thing to ask a taxi driver. Did not work out for me. Um, and the taxi driver says, come have a drink with me. I know a bar. I'm Italian. I'm hey, Italian. I hey, drink I a pizza. I drink you under the table. Yeah. And Mick's like, oh, no, you can't. <laughs> uh, and uh, so they go and uh, drown their sorrows with a few tinnies at yeah. the bar. Cut to the scene of the movie, which is... Mick is having a conversation with a beautiful woman. Yeah. Um, and basically, he's coming on to her a bit and she's coming on to him. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Too uh, good for him. And the men around this woman are laughing and like kind of poking each other in the ribs. And they go up and whisper in Mick's ear. Well, the Italian that, uh, cab driver does. The Italian cab driver says, 
that's a man. That's not a woman, that's a man. So Mick does the rational... No, but then he also says something about them being a fag. Oh, they Because yeah. I rewound it because I was like... He's a man and then says, he's a fag. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very strange to hear that word yeah, now watching really, movies. It's very confronting. Um, I feel like I'm watching a Jonah Hill movie in, say, 2014. <laughs> way, way long ago. Um... Uh, this this is awful. It's, it's so it actually made me, I got so upset. It made me feel physically yep. sick. So Mick decides to respond in the best way that he knows how, which is to go up to the woman and grab her, I should say, so violently by the crutch. Does he say anything after that, or does he just grab her by the crutch? He grabs her crutch and, squeezes and then it, squeezes yeah. it like it's like a like a fresh tomato. Yeah. And then she runs away, and he's like, um... And then there are just cheers from yeah. everyone on the bar. Like, he's like, come in. And it's, oh. and it's supposed to be a big laugh line in this movie. Is this what we were laughing at? Someone being, like, sexually, so obviously sexually assaulted. Like, assaulted and also in a really dangerous situation. Yeah. And, like, I honestly, I had no idea that scene was in the movie. No. And I was watching, and I was... Like, what is happening? Anyway, what else happens in New York? He hangs out with some <clears throat> sex workers. He meets some sex workers who offer him a freebie because he's an out-of-towner. That's not that a... Doesn't happen. No, that's doesn't. not a thing that happens. They don't oh say... God. If anything, they're going to charge tourists more. You know what I mean? I just love this whole, like, it's like bingo. He's like, who does he... Who is this movie terrible <laughs> towards? We've got race. We've got sex workers. We've got trans people, gay people. Who else? Who else can he get? Now, if you thought, uh, fair listeners of Bring a Plate, that the crotch grabbing was, was a one-off. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was such a good joke, they decide to do it again. So, Mick goes to Sue to kind of like a swanky party where people are doing cocaine and walks up to uh, this woman who Sue introduces him to, who's kind of like a society lady, very well-dressed. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, darling, that's wonderful, yeah. you know. And she's like, oh, who is this crocodile man? And Mick's a bit confused by her because she's got quite a deep voice. And rather than ask her, are you a man or a woman, which would, <laughs> which or- would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Mick decides- rather than why do you care, Mick Dundee? Yeah. Mick grabs her crotch uh. also in the same very aggressive yes. manner. Yes. Not that, not that if he'd done it delicately, it would be, would be better. And anyway, Sue doesn't express any shock no. at this behavior. She witnesses the whole thing and even defends him by saying, don't worry, he's Australian. Well, I cannot wait to start doing this. When I go yes. to New York City next time. Watch out, ladies and gents. <laughs> Some crotch grabbing coming your way. It's just how we say hello. Yeah. Um, oh, it was and the so woman, upsetting. The woman isn't even offended by it. She's, She's like, like, oh, oh yes. That's what I like. You just fingered me. I loved it. <laughs> um, after that is the very famous mugger scene. Um, also... The weirdest thing about that scene in retrospect is that, first of all, Mick's mugger, who holds up the knife, looks like Michael Jackson in, like, the bad video clip. He's got, like, the bandana and, like, yes. the red leather jacket. Yeah. You know. But also, if if Mick Dundee brought out a knife in New York City, he would 100% be shot. There is no way yeah. he's getting away with holding a knife up to someone's no. throat. Someone, someone who wasn't even mugging him would have got out their gun and shot him. <laughs> a police officer, say. Stand your ground law. Yeah. 
And after that, Mick and Sue embrace again for a second time because they're quite shaken by the mugging scenario. By the way, Mick, as he's kissing Sue, grabs her ass. Yeah. Not nearly as romantically as he grabs those crutches. <laughs> Um, oh, and, and then Sue gets, like, her boyfriend basically forces her to get engaged that's at a weird. huge dinner to, party. Yeah, they go to a huge dinner party and she's like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> she's very enthusiastic And he, like, shoves it. a ring on there. And Mick is obviously heartbroken. There is no way they fell in love. Like, what, what did they... They didn't it's have a conversation. The, it's probably the first woman Mick seen in a while. Yeah. Like, I can understand her... I cannot understand what we're supposed what to... What she sees in him. Yes. By it's because he's manly and like. Yeah, I guess so. Grabs there's crutches. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in Hollywood about like Australian men being real men as opposed to American men who are women. Apparently, yeah. Um, I should say actually my favorite line in this whole movie. Forget about that's not a knife. This is a knife. The best exchange in this movie is when he's at the kind of party where Sue gets engaged and he's talking to a bunch of like people, and um, uh, they ask Mick. So, what do you think of New York, Mick? And Mick responds, oh, bit of a lunatic asylum. That's why I fit right in. <laughs> but you know what? That actually, he goes away then and he basically <laughs> says to Sue that because she says that that woman has had mental problems. Yes. And he like feels bad that he made that joke. Yep. And that's the most socially progressive moment in the movie that he doesn't shit on people with mental illnesses. He like it's feels very bad. interesting. It's so weird. It's a very congruous line. Um anyway, this fucking movie, Jesus. So uh, he ends up going walkabout. He likes to go walkabout. <sighs> it's it set up previously in the movie that he lost his uh uh previous fiance by going walkabout for eighteen months. Yeah. What kind of woman you know, would let him go. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what an idiot. Yeah. Uh, Sue decides to chase him. She realizes the terrible error of her ways. <sighs> it's the kind of slightly different running to the airport scenario, yep. but instead of an airport, it's a subway. <laughs> and Mick's getting on the subway. An extremely crowded subway extremely platform I've never seen no, no, before no, no. in bizarre. all of the world. And Sue can't fight him in the crowd. She basically, basically relies on the crowd to, uh, Chinese shout out to girl. Mick and say that she loves him. And then whatever, they embrace, they're going to be forever. What's the second one about? I, th- I don't know. I didn't realise the first one was him going to New York. I yeah. thought that was the sequel. There's three of them. What There's three they do? movies. There's one, the last one is his son. I think I saw that in the cinema. But I could not tell you a single thing that happens in it. I think they're in Hollywood. They should, the point is they should remake this movie. Who with? Bindi Irwin. Don't you think, <laughs> wouldn't you love, like a, like a gender reversal Bindi Irwin where... A male reporter comes out. It could be played by her current beau. As we all know, Bindi's got a beau. Um, and he comes out and like interviews her and she goes back to New York and it, it would, I, I actually am on board for this. You know who would love it, Beck? Who? My mum, previous Bringer Plate guest, K Tag. <laughs> Best guest ever. She, I, I don't think I've told you this story, um, in person at least, yeah. but she, um, before I I went out to St. George for the Christmas holidays and like a week before the Christmas holidays, Terry Irwin was in St. George oh. because Terry Irwin and Steve Irwin owned property together in St. George right? and they still kept it. Yeah. Mum sees Terry in the local IGA and says to herself, you know what I've got to do? I've got to go and talk to her. Oh so when mum tells me this, I, <laughs> I'm like, I can't. <laughs> what is I going cannot. to happen? 
What? So <laughs> my mum walks up to Terrier. What do you think is her opening line to Terrier? No she says to her, Terrier, when we're all <laughs> we're all very proud of Bindi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As we know, Bindi won Dancing with the Stars oh, last yes. year. And uh, we're all very proud of her. We are very proud we're of her. All of us. All of us are very proud yes. of her. This is my mum's second favourite run-in with a celebrity just behind Colette Mann, who she saw outside our hotel in Brisbane. And she said to Colette Mann, and I quote, Colette Mann, I can't believe it. I'm with you every day. <laughs> She, she has some very successful encounters what with famous people. What does she people. mean by that? She watches Prisoner on Foxtel oh, every, every day. I'm w- which, and the normal way to tell someone that is, <laughs> I'm with pres- you. I'm with you every day. <laughs> We're all very proud of Bindi. <laughs> Just before we wrap up today, um, it was quite successful last time, so I can't wait to see how it does this time. We played a game in the last episode uh, two years ago <laughs> um, called "Is It Feminist?" Um, let's roll. The, let's roll people's favourite part of that episode: the "Is It Feminist?" theme song. <laughs> If it's feminist, is it feminist? If you want to know if it's feminist, it's feminist. That was the best. What a song. What a bloody great song. <laughs> what a track. I can't stop speaking like Mick Dundee now. I'm, this is how I am forever. Such a banger. Let's play Is It Feminist, Beck, where you read out items from a random internet generator. Randomlists.com. And you and I, who are experts on feminism, mm-hmm. we decide whether that object, place or thing, is or is not feminist. Shovel. I would say <laughs> feminists love to dig themselves into deep holes of logic that they can never get out of. Also, you can murder a man and shovel his grave. Yeah. Shovels are feminist. feminist. A tissue box. <laughs> well, as the saying goes, if you've got an issue, here's a tissue. Feminists have so many, so many issues. issues. They've got more issues than Cosmopolitan Magazine. Yeah. Rest in peace. Or is that Cleo? That's Cleo. Okay. What's, why is Cosmo still going then? <sighs> because... Aren't they the same thing? What what cocktail goes best with my vagina? You need <laughs> articles like that. Though. Do you know that um, 
during my teen years, every year I'd get a subscription to Cosmo and Cleo for Christmas. Why? Who was buying this for <laughs> my you? parents. Did someone, did they, have they, did that, have they ever met you before? <laughs> <laughs> this is our first time meeting back. <laughs> Here's things you would like. Magazines about male and female sexual relations. I would say, <laughs> I would say tissues are feminist. Yes. We're on a roll. These things are feminist. Um, a candle. A candle. Yeah. Judith Lucy has this great bit. I was watching some of her old stand-up the other day where she's talking about, and this is the most true thing I've ever heard, okay. truth in comedy, um, where once you reach a certain age as a woman, the only two things that you get for Christmas from friends are soap and candles. And soap and candles are kind of the same thing. Yeah. Aren't they? I don't think, I don't think candles are feminist because you know what? <laughs> We don't need your help, candles. <laughs> we can see things. We don't need your phallic-shaped lights. <laughs> don't oppress us. Are you saying we don't have good eyesight? Yeah. Don't we hold a candle do. up to my face. <laughs> it's disgusting. Okay, so... Candles are... Not... Not... Feminist. No, candles Listen, are... Not, not feminist. feminist. <laughs> I'm never going to get this right. Let's do one more. One more okay. for the road. Um... What's next is a soy sauce packet. Oh, we can't end on this. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, um, broccoli. Broccoli snitchy. Oh, that's it. Feminist. feminist. <laughs> <laughs> This is the end. Oh my god. We've reached the end of another episode of Bring a Plate. Episode 26. Oh god. Which is how old I am oh in my four god. years. Yeah. Um, there's so much that we didn't really have time to talk about. We could have recorded for, for, for 16 hours. We could have. Um, I, I don't have, I don't really have any plugs for the end. Don't, I don't you? Know. Do you have any plugs? Yeah. Okay. What's your plug? Well, follow me on Twitter. Oh. At Brockle Snitch, and you'll see um, I'll be doing writing and things you can... Riding? Horse riding? Writing, okay. <laughs> speaking, very good English, enunciating. Um, I'd, I'd like to plug the Oscars. Okay. Um, a lot of great nominees this year. <laughs> you know what? I'm disappointed we didn't talk more about the Oscars because um, they've got the Oscars So White movement on Twitter, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, if there's anything that the conversation really needs, it's two white people talking about it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, mm. we should have really talked about it yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. Can't wait. Can't wait to see all the movies this year. The oh. Revenant, The Big Short. So many. So the many Hateful Eight. Oh, great. I love movies that are three hours long and have all men in them. Yeah. But everyone see Carol. Everyone see Carol. Let's plug Cla- Carol. Yeah. Everyone see Carol. Everyone see my friend Carol. She's performing in a cabaret. It's all Belinda Carlisle songs. It's on at the Judith Wright Centre in Brisbane. Uh, that sounds great. She's desperate for people to come. Yeah. 
She's just she's just split up from her husband. Oh dear. And the kids aren't talking to her. Oh no. It didn't go down well. Oh no. And we yes, hopefully we'll be doing some episodes. Yeah, we'll sort it out. Yeah. Maybe we'll start a Patreon. Yeah. Let us know on Twitter if you'd support a Patreon. Yes. If it's worth humiliating ourselves by starting one. <laughs> um now I have to go because I have to go and have forty five beers because I voted for the Donald Trump jam in the hottest one hundred and I <laughs> do not like its chances. <laughs> Because it, women are singing it. <laughs> no, no other reason yeah. other than that. It would win if it was sung by Matt Corby. Can I just tell you, I've never heard a Tame Impala song. I prefer my Impalas to be wild. <laughs> and a podcast. <laughs> Tracking like the bad breath. My grandma thought the poetry cheap like a hotel. Tracking like half man, half a raisin. Yo, 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 trout. 